Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Branson Bello. Okay, let's go straight into the word. Um, Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. I'm just going to do a recap of all that we've talked about second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold somebody say behold, behold. look at your neighbor say behold. behold if anyone is in christ he's a new creation um all things have passed away then what's the next thing for you to do behold. huh What's the meaning of behold? Behold means to see. It means to pay attention. Look at it, that all things, you know, it's one thing for all things to pass away and not behold what is new. It's one thing for all things to really pass away and not put your mind on what is new. So what we're talking about today is, of course, in the Mind of Christ series, we're going to continue as we get to probably maybe the end of the teaching on expression. We're talking about how that you will come into the fullness of who you are in Christ. That what is on the inside of you gets the manifestation level. Amen. Amen. Um, everybody has the same number of muscles, but you can see muscles in some people and not see in the others. The reason is not because the ones you can't see it in, it's not that they don't have it. They have it, but they've not exercised themselves to the point where their muscles are visible. Now, we all have the, the same measure of Christ in us. The Christ in you is the same Christ in me, right? Yeah, please tell your neighbor with me. Say, the Christ in you, Christ in you. is the same Christ in me. All right? I'm happy if... If it's um, opposite sex talking to each other so that you know that the Christ in you is not female and the Christ in you is not male. The Christ in you is not female Jesus. <laughs> the Christ in you is not male Jesus. The Christ in, 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 the Christ in Moses Akko is not wearing face cap. Right? Yeah. The, the, the Christ in you is the same Christ in me. The Bible says Christ in us what? The hope of glory. So that means if we come to the place of expressing this Christ in us, everybody will see a measure of glory, alright, that will speak of greatness that is predictable. Alright? I was I was having a conversation with someone, um, it was last week, and I said that people's greatness are not dependent on themselves. Because if, if greatness was to be a function of the individual, then it means greatness would be in degrees. But because greatness is not a function of just the individual, follow me, I'm going somewhere, but a function of who the individual is in Christ, it means that everyone has equal opportunity to greatness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there are some people who are, who are not as privileged as Others, because maybe their backgrounds, uh, they were shortchanged by their backgrounds. They were shortchanged by associations, relationships, bad company. 
but 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 you see life may not start you on the same plane with somebody else but the truth is Jesus in Christ Jesus you still have the same opportunity for greatness clap for Jesus <laughs> Clap for Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Look at your neighbor, say, behold. Behold. Shout it loud. Say, behold. Behold. Yeah, so that's what transformation is. Transformation is, is the point where you begin to behold what is new. That's that's transformation. So uh, our identity. We, we talked about identity. We said the things that we are in Christ Jesus. If you if you want to go back, you can you know refer back to the previous teaching, and you would see what we talked about where we said identity. All right. Let me show you one more scripture. First Corinthians one verse thirty. First Corinthians one verse thirty. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Can I give you all an assignment? Um, I want to give you this task to do for one week. Look for all the scriptures, all the verses in the New Testament, especially in Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, every of those books of the Bible that says in him. Look for it, bring it. If I pass an idea, let's do that. Let's, let's do it then. We, we, we send it to everyone. Okay, but you do the assignment so you are a part of your study. Is that okay? Alright, so look for all the scriptures that say in him, through him, by him, that's in Christ. So look for all the scriptures, write it out, and then meditate on it. Now let's look at this. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, what? Wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Say with me, I am in Christ Jesus. Jesus. If I ask you, what is your identity? What should you answer me? I am in Christ Jesus. Let's practice that. What is your identity? I am in Christ Jesus. What is your identity? I am in Christ Jesus. (laughs) What is your identity? (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, when Reverend Wally was teaching, he said, you are not in Abuja first. You are in Christ before you are in Abuja. You are in Christ before you are in Nigeria. So that's your identity. So what's your identity? In Christ Jesus. You know what the devil tries to make you... um, This is what the devil tries to do. He tries to take your focus away from who you are in Christ so that you lose what you have in Christ. That's what he tries to do. And if you're a smart believer, you must always give that answer back that I am in Christ. Because in Christ is not just a person. Christ is a place. So I am in Christ. I am in the place called Christ. And in this place called Christ, there are certain things that are found in there. So Christ is the, is the solution and the answer to every question. Say that with me. Christ Christ. is the solution. The The answer answer to every question. question. And what should you say to yourself when you are sad? I'm in Christ. What should you say to yourself when you are disappointed? I'm in Christ. What should you say to yourself when you are broke? 
When you're sad, why should you say you are in Christ? Because in Christ there is joy. Do you understand it? But if you want to be by yourself, you will be sad. You remember the story of um, um, the, the man who got into um, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Mouse, the costume. And the lady, sorry. Yeah, the, and she, she, there was no attention at all by herself. I mean, people saw her pass her, move past her. There was nothing spectacular about her. But the moment she got into the Mickey costume, everybody wanted to take a picture with her. Her identity changed the moment she got into the Mickey costume. That's the way it is. As we come into Christ, everybody wants to take a picture with us. Praise God. Everybody wants to identify with you because you are in Christ. You begin to smell Christ. You begin to talk Christ. You begin. The Bible says, for to God, we are the fragrance, not of myself. We're the fragrance of Christ to those who believe and to those who are perishing. Hallelujah. Please say this with me. I smell Christ. Hallelujah. So, so if you're sad, what's the solution? You say to yourself, I'm in Christ. If you're broke, there is no money in your pocket. What do you say? See, you have the privilege of being in Christ. Not the one who is not in Christ. The one who is not in Christ can't say what you're saying. But you who is in Christ, you can say it and you're not lying. So when the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong, why should the weak say I'm strong? If, 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 if scripture says don't lie. Is, do you think God is going against his word when he says when you are weak, say strong. When you are poor, say rich. When you are down, say up. Why? Because in Christ is the real identity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, so so I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. You, you, you probably have had moments where you failed, moments where you've disappointed yourself. Look, you are in Christ. That's your answer. It's a new starting point for opportunity and greatness. Glory to Glory to God. So look at two people tell them that I'm in Christ. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You know, I found out something that the counterpart of um, identity is not just to say loss of identity. You know, the opposite of when we say you have identity in Christ is not just to say you don't have identity in Christ. What is the meaning of not having, thank you, thank you. What is the meaning of not having identity in Christ? Let me show you. It's as simple as this, all right? And many of us do it. <clears throat> if you change your focus from your identity in Christ or you're not walking according to your identity in Christ, let me tell you what you're doing. What you're doing is self-centeredness. In fact, you're being selfish. See, let me explain. Um, to be self-centered is when everything and every focus is about you. That's, that's being self-centered. So self-centered not in the sense that you are selfish and you are, you know, you're only thinking about yourself in that, in that note, you know. But what I mean is that you're self-centered in that you put yourself forward to face the situations of life. Look, 
Self-centeredness is the reason why many people are not forgiving today. And it's the reason why many of you are bitter. Self-centeredness. Why do I say this? Because if you are in Christ, it's not about you, it's about Christ. So you've taken yourself out of the picture. So, so that's, that's what it is. To be self-centered is when you make everything about you. You will bear the pain yourself. You will bear the hardship yourself. When the scripture says, cast all your cares upon him, you're not alone. Because you are in Christ. See, as simple as this thing is, it must come into your mind. That I am in Christ, I'm not by myself. I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Let me show you something. Uh, I, I said this on Wednesday. I was talking about philosophy and, and stuff. But let, let, me, let, me, let me go through this again. It says, beware lest anyone cheat you. <laughs> I like the word cheat here. Look at your neighbor say, be smart. Be smart. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be a dummy. <laughs> be smart. You, you've got to be smart. Let's see. Satan is looking for people he can cheat. Let me tell you the people he can cheat. The people Satan can cheat are those who are not looking at the word. Because in the first place, you have to know the word. To say what, to know what the word says about you, or it's either you don't believe the word. So you're, you're the type that he would easily cheat. But he says, beware lest anyone cheat you through what? Philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. Somebody say basic principles of the world. So please tell me now, let's talk. What's, let's, let's talk, let's talk. What's the meaning of basic principles of the world? That's one. Heaven help those who help themselves. That's not scripture. I hope you know. Do you know why the Bible says basic principles of the world? It's saying so because these are things that if care is not taken, you adopt yourself. It's, it's that basic. You know when Umfon was talking about the mundane things, that your experiences are in the mundane things, when you go through the process, but and also in the mundane things, you can you can subconsciously um, imbibe a philosophy that is not really godly, but is very basic. So somebody give me another example. Seeing is believing. <laughs> Thank you, Basi. <laughs> now, who here has not lived his life according to that philosophy that says seeing is believing. Most of us have. For me to know that you love me, you must do something to show me that you love me. When, when you read scripture, you see how you were not even born when someone loved you. And Jesus now said, blessed are those who believe, yet they have not seen. Somebody give me, talk to me about another basic. Sorry, what? That's in the scripture written by, by, I'm coming to you. That's in the scripture by Job, but Job did not see. In fact, 
Job, did, Job did not see the book of Job. Do you understand? When Job said, God gives and God takes, he didn't see the end. You see, when, when I teach the scripture, I'm trying to say to you that every statement in the Bible is truly stated. But not every statement is a statement of truth. Because you and I know what truth is. What is truth? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So who was talking? Jesus. So if it is not reflecting Jesus, it is not truth. Even though it was truly stated. So Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when you read the end of Job and you come back to the beginning, you see that the one who really took was Satan. It wasn't God who took. Which one did you say? Experience is the best teacher. Somebody say basic principle. High sounding nonsense. Please show me the uh, NLT version. New Living Translation, yes. Not, I know they don't have the Living Bible. Look at it, he said, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. You've got to be careful. Sorry, what, what did you say again? Experience is the best teacher. Sir, experience is not the best teacher. If you put that thought and you, you, you bring it in line with the word, okay? The word of God does not agree with that. Because right now we are not asked to be led by experience. Where, for they who are the sons of God, you are led by the spirit of God, not experience. It's not because of what I've gone through. Now there's a way I am. Look at you. <laughs> That's why you're like that. Help me tell someone experience is not the best teacher. Experience, now hear me very carefully. Experience is a teacher. But not the best teacher. Not the best teacher. You should know who the best teacher is. <laughs> who is the best teacher? Christ, where are you? I'm in Christ. What's your identity? I'm in Christ. That's the best teacher. Please somebody give me another basic. I'm saying basic because it's common. What will be, will be. Ah, dear dear. <laughs> oh my God. What will be? That devil is a liar. If you don't learn the, the force of prayer, right? If you don't learn the force of staying in line with God's word, you, you can be in Christ, alright? And you would just be ordinary. Because you have not learned the process of converting identity to manifestation. So what will be, will not be if you don't stand by it. Now let me let me clarify that because you know there, there are two kinds of will. There is the sovereign will, and then there is the will of command. The sovereign will is the same thing as the will of decree, that God will do what He has purposed to do, 
regardless of your involvement or your lack of involvement. He will do what he wants to do whether you are a believer or not. That's the sovereign, because of God's sovereignty, he will do that. But there is also what we call the wheel of command. That you have to engage, the Bible says wage war concerning prophecies. That when, when prophecies come to you, what do you do? You, you sit on the prophecy. You sit down on the word until it happens. That's what we do. Scripture says bring forth your strong reasons. What are the reasons? The word. You bring it forth. I, I was meditating on, on, on one part of the word. You know, I'll share with you. Uh, Psalm 71 verse 21. It says, that you will increase my, 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 my greatness. And you will comfort me on every side. I kept saying it. I woke up in the middle of the night. I said, God, you said you will increase Pastor Phil's greatness. You will comfort me on every side. I kept saying it. I kept saying it. That when I sleep, I'm thinking it. And in a few days, I started to see some things. Look, this thing is not, it's not joke. Don't let meditating on the word be so easy that you don't do it. Did you hear what I said? Don't let meditating on the word be so easy that you don't do it. So there's nothing to it. Just to read and, and memorize, say it back, read, memorize, say it back. It's not, it's, it might be easy to you, but do it. Because until you do that, you will not create pictures in your mind. Even God knows the value of pictures. Yeah. When, when Jesus was going to come, he started creating pictures from Eve. That the seed of the woman would bruise his head. Pictures. And for 42 generations, the pictures of Christ was out there. Until Jesus showed up. Pictures. Even God knew. He said he's the one who, who does things from the, he calls the end from the beginning. That means your God is imaginative. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, give me another one. If you do me, I do you. God the best. Do me, I do you. God know the best. I think this is more Nigerian. Very local problem. Do me, I do you. God, no go vex. It's a basic principle, but it's out of place in God's word. Look at your neighbor, say, please be careful. Be careful. Help me touch somebody. Touch two more people. Say, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. High sounding nonsense. You know why it's high sounding? Because, excuse me, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes logical sense. But it is nonsense. Boogie, you said one. Did you say one? I heard one. <laughs> Love come. What goes around comes around. Some of them are in the Bible. <laughs> whatever you sow, you reap. But if you understand the context of whatever you sow, you reap. And the context of what goes around comes around, it's not, it's not exactly the same. Amen. So you must always make sure you, you lift up your Christ filter in your mind so that whatever tradition of man, whatever is said around you, 
there was a man of God who, who was there and uh, somebody just said, I think there was a man who had HIV and uh, the man uttered to him and said, it's only Jesus that can heal you. Nobody in this world can heal, heal you. Except Jesus is alive now. Do you, do you understand what he was trying to say? That assuming this HIV was in the time where Jesus was alive. <laughs> That's the only time there's hope for you. You know what the pastor said? He said, oh God, talk for yourself. <laughs> See, I, I'm, you, you have to be careful. Don't let it sit. Yes, if not, that thing that just passed as an innocent statement, when it sits in your mind, becomes a stronghold, and all of a sudden, it's what we call... See, what, what the Bible says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to be pulling down. It forms a stronghold without you knowing. So he said, Oga, talk for yourself. Talk for yourself. <laughs> praise God. Say, praise God. Where are you? Shout it loud. Where are you? I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, the danger of philosophy is if, if your philosophy is not in line with the word of God, don't wait till the end to find out. Why? Because the Bible says there is a way that seemed right. So, so you might be there arguing, you know, respect my opinion, I'll respect your opinion. You know, you know, you know where in the intellectual age, where people want to have their opinions respected, I don't disrespect you so you don't disrespect me. And I'm saying that to you like, I have my opinions, you have your opinions. See, my guy, if your, opi- <laughs> if your opinions are not in the line or are not in line with God's word, drop it. Drop it. That should be your gauge. That should be your measure. That my opinion must be in line with. I don't want to get to the end and find out that my opinion was wrong. Because there's a way that seemed right, but the end is destruction. So in my mind, it was right from the start. Until I got to the end and I saw that it was destruction. By then it's too late. Don't, don't, don't be cheated. Don't be cheated. Tell your neighbor, don't be cheated. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. <clears throat> Let's start from verse three. But even if our gospel is veiled, even if our gospel is hid, right? It is veiled to those who are perishing. Um, why is the gospel of Jesus Christ veiled? And that's what I'm about to show you now. Verse 4. Whose minds, you see this thing is about the mind. Whose minds, the God of this age. Somebody say the God of this age. The God of this age has what? Has blinded who do not believe 
That's the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. That's the problem with what the devil tries to do. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap up with a scripture, maybe much later, where you see how that your darkness can be a treasure. When I mean darkness, I mean ignorance. If, if, you, if you, you, can, you can actually regard something, you can regard a, a kind of darkness in your life or ignorance in your life as treasure. I'm going to show you that in the scripture. So we, we talked about identity and then the next thing we, we did was we started to talk about transformation and I'm just going to give you three focus of what real transformation should be. Right? The first one is what, what should be your disposition when um, you're, you're going through transformation. The first thing is repentance. Write that down. Repentance. 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 Mark chapter 1 verse 14 the amplified version if you if you will mark chapter 1 verse 14 repentance now it says now after john was arrested and put in prison jesus came into galilee preaching the gospel or preaching the good news which is the gospel of the kingdom of god next verse and saying the appointed period of time is fulfilled, completed. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Somebody say repent. Yes. Now what does the bracket say? What, what's in the bracket? Repent. It means what? Have a change of mind which issues in regret for past sins and in change of conduct for the better. So um, uh, the, the word repent means change your mind. Not change your behavior. Repent is change your mind first before it means change your behavior. That's the meaning of the word repent. So the first disposition to transformation is what? It's change your mind. It's change your mind. If you are the kind of person who doesn't want to ever be wrong, right? You don't ever want to be told that you're wrong. You may never go through transformation. Because the first disposition to transformation is repent. That means drop your opinions. That's, that's, that's what it is. So look at your neighbor and say repent. Be, be quick. Be quick to repentance. TSP, what did I say? Say to yourself four times, I will be quick to repentance. Say it again. I'll be quick to say it again. I'll be quick. Say it again. I will be quick. I had a man of God, you know, some some time ago, respected great man of God, came, prophesied something in my life, right? And then um, we analyzed the prophecy because we looked at it and then we we took the prophecy. This, this I mean, this happened to me. And then when he saw that, because sometimes prophecies are projections of different times, not necessarily the future, not necessarily the past or present. It can be any, any, any time. So when a superior spoke to him about the prophecy and he saw that his prophecy would be more accurate aligning to his superior, then what, what does he do? He calls me to say, 
man of God, on this, um, I hold back and I refrain from what I said. That's someone who is humble enough to say, so that it doesn't look as if I prophesied and my prophecy was fake. There's nothing to prove. See, do you understand what I'm saying? My father was teaching, let me give you another example. Maybe that one doesn't suit you. My father, my father was teaching something else, not the gospel. And for a long time, let's say over, over 20, 30 years, he was teaching something else until the light of the gospel came to him. And then he came to the whole church and said to everybody, um, what I've been teaching you guys is wrong. And I'm going to start again the gospel. It takes humility to do that. It takes humility for someone to say, I was wrong. And I found a better way. I understand better now. Be quick to repentance. You hear what I'm saying, TSP? If you're not quick to repentance, you slow your transformative process. Let it never be a challenge for you to say, I'm sorry. Let it never be a challenge for you to say, I was wrong. Let it never be a challenge to say, look, you should even, you should even be careful when you think you're always right. Because the Bible says, he who stands should take heed, lest he falls. And he says, physician, heal yourself. Lest you come into the zone of pride and you think you're in your own darkness, all right? Everybody sees it, but you don't. That's the thing about pride. Pride blinds you but exposes you. Exposes you that everybody can see except you. So you've got to be careful. You, you must have the disposition of, I am ready to change my opinion. I'm ready to know what is better. Why was Moses stuck on hitting the rock? Because he was not quick to repentance. The first time God said, hit the rock. He hit the rock, water came out. Look, don't, don't always be carried away by results. Because results are not the proof that God is there. The second time God spoke, God said, don't hit the rock this time, speak. But because Moses proved the point, and he got results by hitting the rock, this time he felt that, I, I, I know my experience. Experience is the best teacher. Look at you. Now God is saying something else. See, God can speak on a particular matter twice. Yeah. So, so you, you have to be careful. So God said, speak. He hit the rock. But what happened? Did God rebuke him at that time? Huh? Answer me. Did God rebuke Moses at that time? What happened? Result. So don't think that because you always see result, you are right. Who's up? Did they feel me? Amen. So be quick to repentance. Be quick to change your mind. Be quick to say, I'm sorry. You're not a man when you don't say you're sorry. That's not manhood. Don't let the chest deceive you. Or don't let the... Do you understand what I'm saying? Say, I'm sorry. Even to somebody who is junior to you. 
As a father, learn how to knock before you enter your, 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 your child's room. <coughs> because what you are doing is you are teaching the child boundaries and privacy. Subconsciously. If you, if you, if you said something wrong to your son and you found out that what you said is not correct, you call him back and say, boy, what I said, that was not right. Okay, that was not right. This is the correct thing. Don't be too big to say I'm sorry. All of you quiet like this. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, be quick to repentance. You know, there's a difference between, I told you before, there's a difference between teachability and a high IQ. A high IQ is capacity. Teachability has nothing to do with capacity. Teachability is attitude. Why the other is capacity. Look, the people who go far in life are not necessarily those who have high IQs, but those who are teachable. What did Paul say to Timothy? He said, um, what you have heard me say, commit to faithful men who will be able to pass it on to others. He's not saying what you heard me say, Commit to people who know how to do the job. Okay, this is not a leadership seminar. But do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. So, the first disposition of transformation is what? Repentance. Second disposition is focus. Stay at it. Stay at it. Stay at the word. What do you stay at? Stay with the word. Keep looking at the word. I hear people come to say, Pastor Phil, I've tried all I can do. I've tried everything possible, but nothing is changing. And then you just ask the person a simple question. So, um, how much of the word have you been reading? Say, I've, I've not really done that part. Just go and sit down. You've not done anything. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. If you want to see transformation, it's not trying. Transformation, excuse me, transformation first is looking at the word. That's transformation. It's not, it's not trying. It's not... Let, let me give you an example. Look for all the scriptures that talk about increase, wealth. When you don't have money, that's what you should be looking at first. Because it is from there that faith comes. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So you can't say you've tried and you've tried. I've tried and I've tried. And you haven't seen the word. You haven't even heard what the word says about your prosperity. You haven't even meditated on nothing. You've not tried anything. It's not by going about looking for jobs, submitting your CVs here and there, talking to your uncle, they disappoint you, talking to your friend who said he will connect you. And after a while there was nobody calling you. And, and you have you had time to do all of that, and you didn't have ten minutes to look at the word. You are joking. That's a joke. Look at your neighbor. Say, focus on the word. And He who empowers you, who gives you power to make wealth, stay on that word. It is God who gives me power to make wealth. He was poor that I may become rich. The one who multiplies my seed sown and gives me bread. He ministers seed to me. Stay there. 
Stay there. Stop crying. Say, I'm broke. I'm this. I'm broke. I'm there. You're not word. You haven't looked at the word. Amen. Look behind you and say, bro, look at the word. Look at the word. Sister, look at the word. You know, focus involves imagination and meditation. That's real focus, right? That's real focus. Who remembers the story of uh, Jacob when Jacob wanted to reproduce livestock for him, for himself? The ones that were stronger than Laban's. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember the story? Um, okay, let's use the NLT. Genesis chapter 30 verse 31. Let's, let's just read down. Let's just read down through it. Genesis chapter 30 verse 31. It's a power of focus. The power of focus. Glory to God. So what wages do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Next verse. Let's just keep going. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted. Along with all the black sheep, give this to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you will see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you know that I have stolen from you. All right, Laban replied, it will be as you say, because he thought it was a good idea. In fact, when Jacob said that he was already in the loss, if you read the story, he was already in the loss for saying that. So Laban was very happy to agree, <clears throat> agree to him. But that, but that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats <laughs> that were streaked and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches, and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons. You see that? Who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was? Are you following the story? That's why. You... Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. There was nothing for Jacob to work with anymore. You see that? Next verse. Okay, then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. So he, he kind of made them speckled. He made a branch of a tree speckled in some way. Because all the animals that were speckled, that were meant to be for Jacob, Laban told his sons to take them away. You see that? That's, that's too bad. Then he placed his peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. For that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, the picture that Jacob created for the sheep or the goats to see while they were mating. They gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. These were animals that were not streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock, and at mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals <laughs> that were strict or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. Somebody say pictures. pictures. 
But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. He selected the strong ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. This is the end. As a result, as a result. But can I say this to you? That if animals can respond to pictures, how much more you? Look, keep the right pictures in your head. That's all I'm trying to say to you. Keep what? The right pictures in your mind. Help me preach to four people. Tell them, keep the, <laughs> keep the right pictures in your mind. <laughs> now tell yourself, tell yourself five times, I will keep the right picture in my mind. Glory to God. Abraham was going to deliver the promise of God. One of the things that God asked Abraham to do is go count the stars. He gave him pictures to see. Look at the stars. Look at the sand of the seashore. Let that be your picture. Let that be your... So I, I want to challenge you. Make sure you have a picture in your head. Now, there was a time when TSP just started. It was a very small hall. In fact, the hall was about this stage. The entire hall. Wasn't even as long as this stage. If you were there, say, hey. All right? Yeah. Very small, tiny hall. By the time the preacher does like this, one, two, three, you've got to the end of the hall. (laughs) But I, I, I started to see that the hall was filled. I started to call for the chairs to be filled in the name of Jesus. And in my head, I saw pictures of the overflow. And in a short while from then, I knew that this place was too small for us. Pictures. It happened not too long after that, that I saw that the hall was entirely filled up. We had to leave. We went somewhere else. You see, sometimes when you're expanding, God will disrupt where you are. And the disruption is not because there's a problem with you. The disruption is because you are growing. Do you understand? That's the disruption. And then we got to Hawthorne Suites. I mean, at the bigger hall upstairs in Hawthorne Suites. And then I saw, you know, when, when you don't have much people, what you do is you have to space the chairs very well. So that even if you do like this, there's, there's, there's no chair in front of you. <laughs> Why are you behaving as if you're not catching my joke? <laughs> right, laugh in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. But do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I finished the joke. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> you know when a comedian tries to explain a joke? <laughs> that guy is in trouble, man. So... We have to space out the chairs so that the hall doesn't look too empty. I began to say to myself, in the name of Jesus, this hall is full. In the name of Jesus, this hall is full. Sometimes Pastor and I will walk, walk upstairs. We just see the red carpet in three different batches. All we feel was the first batch. Was that, do you remember? All we feel was the first batch. And then the second batch was there. The third batch was there. 
Until we had a major program, it was our love feast that broke us out. We had a love feast and we broke our 100 mark. And from there, we never came back below 100 again. We started to see pictures. Look, if you don't see yourself doing something, you will never do it. If you're praying, you're meditating, you are trusting God for something, you are studying the word. How did I get into the supernatural? I was praying one day, I saw myself, I saw myself moving in the wave of the spirit. And I could see things happening. And then I entered into that dimension. I saw it in prayers. Look, you have to stay with the word until pictures form. How many of you have seen yourself traveling business class? You're going from one nation to another. You are, go, you are going to service this. You're going to service that. Can you see it? Look, it's one thing for me to say to you. It's another thing for you to say to yourself. I saw this picture. So I saw it. I came into Abuja and I was thinking to myself, Abuja is too big for me. Abuja might swallow me. There are big churches, there is Koza, there is Pastor B, there is um, Reverend Goodhart, there is House on the Rock, there is Guiding Light Assembly. Where are you going to fit in? Just go to Buari. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, con- I, I, I actually went to Buari. <laughs> then when I was leaving Buari, something said in me, I'm like, Phil, you, you can't do this. Go back to town. That's where God puts you. And I said to myself, in fact, how much did I have? I had 5K with my car. My car was the asset. My clothes were in the car. Change from my car, sometimes. Go to some other houses, switch houses, take a shower, change. Anywhere the Spirit of God blew. <laughs> that's, that's you. <laughs> that's where I went. And then... I was in front of Pastor Shola's house. That was where the Spirit of God said, look up. Have you considered this hotel in front of you? It was too big and too good to be true for me that I couldn't even see it. Look, nothing is too big for you not to have. Don't degrade yourself. Don't look down on yourself. See yourself in the picture. Amen. See yourself in the picture. See yourself in the Word of God. What the, 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 um, the spirit of God is upon me, and He's anointed, anointed me to preach the, God, uh, the good news to the poor. Blah, blah, blah. That was not Jesus who said it. It was written in the law. When Jesus came, He picked that portion of the scripture, and He was reading it. Yeah, He was reading it in uh, the temple. He closed the book, and He said, "This day is the scripture fulfilled. I am the one this is talking about." You have to see yourself. You have to see yourself. When the Bible says you will borrow nations, you will lend to nations. Are you seeing yourself? You have to see yourself. You will borrow nations, not individuals, nations. The Bible says kings will come to your glory. Gentiles will come to your light. Hey, goodness. I looked at it and I said, Phil, this is you. I began to say it. Today, nations are coming to me. And there is more to happen. Can I prophesy on someone here? Nations are going to come to you. Nations from everywhere. From everywhere. Why? Because you have leaves for the nations. You have, your leaves are for the healings of the nations. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. I saw myself in the picture. I knew that this was about me. I knew this was about me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we pray the Holy Ghost for just one minute? Just one minute. Just one minute. Woo! Shandini. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall what? Shout it out somebody. You shall what? You shall meditate in it day and night. Day and night my friend. Look. Stay with the word in the morning. Stay with the word in the evening. I told you guys uh, on Wednesday. I said. Pray that God gives you the one two to study. Have you have you envied somebody before who just did the things of God naturally and it seemed like you were struggling? Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you envied someone who just naturally would be in class and was just passing as if education was easy? And you had to crack your brain to pass through every stage. And then you are asking yourself the question, how does this guy understand so easily? And you just look at him and you envy. You don't know what the guy is doing in the house. You don't know what culture he's imbibed. You don't know. But you who slept all through the night, you who have played (laughs) all through the weekend, and you came to class, and book is looking like block. (laughs) You can't even understand anything. You are comparing yourself. Look, if you if you do it, if you if you go through the process, you will see it. It's not far fetched. Say with me, say, Lord, I receive the one too. To study in the morning and to study in the evening. Please say this prayer with me because this is what will guarantee your transformation. Say, Lord, I receive the one too. To study my Bible in the morning. And in the evening, I receive the one to, to meditate on the word of God every time. That's why I asked you, what have you been meditating on? If you're not staying on the word, that word, Psalm 71 verse 21, has been in my spirit for one week and plus. And all I'm thinking is God is increasing my greatness. God is comforting me. I don't know what you are thinking. I don't know what God is telling you. But whatever God tells you, keep saying it. Keep declaring it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go back Go back to the scripture. Amen. 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 It says, But you shall meditate in the day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Of course, you know now it says this book of the law, but we don't meditate on the law now. What do we meditate on? We meditate on the word of his grace, on Jesus. So we are not meditating on the law now, but we are meditating on the word, or the word of his grace. And it says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Good success. Lift your hands up and say, I have good success. Amen, amen. Psalms chapter 1 verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. Psalms chapter 1, I'm, 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 I'm already wrapping up. Psalms chapter 1 verse 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. How long? Day and night. Look, friends, when you go to work, have a scripture you're meditating on. When you're talking with your friends, have a scripture you're meditating on. I can be talking to you and I can be talking to myself. In that I'm talking to you verbally, but I'm speaking to myself subconsciously the word of God. Meditate on the word. Every time. Let that be your life. Get used to it. Does your heart tell you when you want to shower? Do you, do you, do you just know it's time to bath. <laughs> it's time to iron. It's time to go to work. You just know it's time to do all those things. So you have to train your heart to want to do these things. Amen. Never get too busy to stay on the word. Amen. Alright. Next verse. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters or water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does what shall prosper. I want you to know that there are two exposures here. There is the exposure to worldly things and there is the exposure to the word of God. Look at verse 1. Go back to verse 1. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. This is exposure. You see what I'm saying? Um, um, who stands in the path of sinners? Look, you will not deliberately say to yourself, I'm going to stand in the path of sinner. Or a sinner. It's not, that's not what it is. What it is, is that if you're not deliberate about it, you already are in the path of sinners. Because your, your office space is toxic. You are surrounded by people who believe the basic principles of this world. So if you are not deliberate, you are exposing yourself subconsciously to what is not of God. So you've got to be careful. Praise God. So meditate on God's word. This is focus. All right? And um, I said transformation. There are three things I want to tell you about. Repentance is one. Focus is the second one. And you know what the third one is? I wrote this down. And I think I like this one very much. And I called it, keep your heart sealed. Keep your heart sealed. Wow, when light came into my spirit about this, I realized that, look, this is where many times I had made mistakes. Because if I don't keep my heart sealed, do you know what I'm doing? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm letting another idea come on top of the real idea. Keep your heart sealed. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. I want us to read this together, everybody. One to go. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Look, don't think that these things can fly away. Have you ever been convinced of something before and you don't have that conviction now? Who am I talking to here? Who has been there before? You had convictions about certain things and to, today, those convictions are not there. It's because convictions can wane. They can drift away. But look, if you know how to hold fast your confession, oh, it will burn today, it will burn tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Write this down. I will not give room for another idea. Yeah. Write that down. I will not give room for another idea. 
I must keep my heart sealed. I will not give room for another idea. Like Eve in the Bible. What did God say to Eve? I mean to Adam. He said, don't eat of this fruit. Don't eat of this fruit. But what did Satan, the serpent, what did the serpent say to Eve? The serpent added something that God did not put. God said, don't eat of this fruit. Satan came through the serpent and said to Eve, don't touch the fruit. And don't eat the fruit. Now the touch part was an addition. Not the real thing. So now imagine, because he said if you touch and eat, you surely die. Something like that. Now imagine if Eve came, touched it, nothing happened. Do you get it? She now believes that even when she eats it, nothing will happen. That's deception. That's when the Bible says that she don't be deceived as Eve was beguiled in the beginning. You know, another idea, like Pastor uh, Joshua was saying, is, in fact, what Nike is battling is Nike, really. is the counterfeit of Nike. Not... So it is another idea that looks like the idea. I did a teaching one day here and I called it another word. Haven't you noticed that any time, there was a time Satan was tempting Jesus and Jesus would go, can, can we flip to the temptation very quickly? Is it Matthew chapter 4? Chapter 4, right? Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Next verse. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry, now when the tempter came to him, he said, now look at this. He said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. What's the next verse? But he answered and said, say this next thing with me. Shout it loud. That's what Jesus said back to Satan. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Next verse. The devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Huh? You see Satan? Satan will use Something that is like it, but it's not it. You can't tell the difference between the wheat and the tars until harvest. Yeah, so that's why Jesus said, leave them. Because you who is the, the, the farmer, you, you don't know the difference. I know the difference, but you don't know the difference. So leave it until harvest time. Because if you think you are pulling tares away, you're going to touch the wheat. Because initially they look alike. Be careful with what looks like the word. But it's not the word. Be careful. So he said, Satan said to uh, Eve that if you touch, if you eat, he knows that when you will not surely die. He knows that you will be like him when she was already like him. So Satan's weapon is another idea. 
you must seal your heart that you, you will not readily take in another word. I hope you really understand what I'm saying. I wrote this and I said, you can be a good man with many holes in your heart. Right? For extra ideas. You can be a good man with many holes in your heart for extra ideas. Being good is not the same thing as being grounded. Of course, I've told you that before. Don't believe a bad report in a minute. Don't believe it. Um, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, the Amplified Version. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, the Amplified Version. It says, but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. I wish I had time to explain that. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. I'm just going to run through all the scriptures so we close now. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. It says, but reject profane and old wives' fables. And what? I want us to say this together, everybody. Exercise yourselves. Now, look at your neighbor. Say to four people, exercise yourselves toward godliness. Say to three more people. Come on, go ahead. Now say to yourself five times, I will exercise myself toward godliness. Amen. What does it mean to exercise yourself towards godliness? Stay at the word. Keep meditating on the word. Keep saying what the word says. That's exercise. Praise God. Alright. And then um, we talked about um, identity, transformation, and then expression. I'm just going to... Expression is allowing Christ to live. That's expression. Expression is allowing Christ to live. That's expression. So if you notice, um, identity, transformation, and expression is not a work of you. It's not something that you have to do by yourself. Uh, even expression, when I say expression, I'm not necessarily saying that you um, have to do something for something to come out. I'm still saying that expression is a work of the Spirit. All right? It's allowing Christ to live. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Um, we're going to read that scripture together, all of us together. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let's read it together. Everybody want to go. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me. Say this after me, it's no longer I who lives. So who is living through you? 
Yeah, that, that's what it is. So expression is when Christ lives through you. That's expression. So expression has nothing to do with you living yourself or you living out yourself. You have no life to live if you are in Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Expression is allowing Christ. So the, the question now is, why don't we see um, the same degree of Christ in everybody? Uh, the, the answer is, to the degree that you allow, is the degree that you see Christ expressed. So it is, it, you are just the one who is holding, you are stopping Christ from showing up. It's showtime in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's showtime in the body of Christ. You have to allow Christ live. Amen. And this is the response of a godly or renewed mind. It involves two things. Number one, expression involves two things. Number one, it involves manner and it involves time. It involves manner, involves time. The renewed mind will express in the manner of love and wisdom. The renewed mind will express in the manner of love and wisdom. I've come to see that when you express from the renewed mind, you will counter your feelings. You will counter your feelings. Let me tell you what feelings do. Feelings validate yourself. Anytime you see someone um, having a feeling, feelings, feelings validate you. So, for example, you're angry. How do you say it? I feel angry. The anger is validating how you feel. It's validating you. You're sad. I feel sad. You're validating self. So, the flesh will validate yourself. But the spirit will not validate self. So, the expression of the renewed mind is when the renewed mind will speak neck in in. in opposite direction of how you feel. So you can be saying something and feeling different. You're not pretending. You're actually being yourself. So the renewed mind should respond in a manner of love and wisdom. Wisdom in that I say you must know what the will of God is about a matter and respond wisely. That's the renewed mind. Because you have been astute with the knowledge of God. Your identity is the requisite for your transformation and also for your expression. So you, you must know what God's words say and you must be at every time be disposed to expressing only God's word. Not how you feel. How you feel has no place in your expressions. Praise God. Sometimes our feelings are in line with what is correct. You know, Jesus was angry and he flogged people. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he was and he flogged people. But that's holy anger. Holy anger is something that is, it is an emotion that is channeled towards something that counters God's word. That's holy anger. Not just validating yourself. And then I said time in that the renewed mind will respond quickly. Yeah, some people, it takes a long time for them to understand what God is trying to say. Like I said to you, don't let it take time for you to um, be repentant, number one. Don't let it take too long for you to see God's will. Don't know. You should be quick to knowing God's will. You should be quick in your disposition to expressing the will of God. Be quick to it. Be quick to it. Praise God. This concludes this message. 
Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.